Welcome back to the STEM Blazers podcast. My name is Ali Hilton. And I'm Vivan Vaughan, and we are your hosts this season. Joining us today is Rachel Carnaggio. Rachel is a top-rated intellectual property attorney at Holland & Hart. She helps inventors, startups, and big corporations develop, grow, and protect their intellectual property portfolios. She also has experience as a litigator and a patent and trademark prosecutor. Prior to her legal career, she spent 10 years as a molecular and cellular biologist. She worked in a pharmacy, zoology, genetics, and surgery labs at the University of Arizona, the University of Maryland, John Hopkins University, and Denver Health Medical Center. And on top of all that, she is a current board member for STEM Blazers. We're so excited to talk to Rachel today about all of her career experience. Hi, Rachel. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Rachel, to kind of go into our first set of questions, our first question for you is, could you give us a walkthrough of what your day-to-day looks like and what you do for work? Sure. I help people protect their inventions and brands. I work in an area of law called intellectual property, which includes patents, trademarks, copyrights, and trade secrets. For example, inventors come to me and they present their invention. To get a patent, an invention must be new, useful, and non-obvious. I help the inventor do research to make sure that no one else has invented the invention before. And if no one has, then I draft a patent application that explains everything about their invention. I then work with the United States Patent and Trademark Office to try to get a patent on the invention. A patent allows the inventor to exclude others from making, using, selling, or offering to sell the invention. I also help the inventors maintain and protect their patents, which may include litigation and in some cases, selling or licensing their patents. Very cool. Oh, so you must have come across like some pretty cool innovations and inventions and such. I do. I work with inventors with inventions in medical devices, pharmaceuticals, digital health, um, mechanical devices, and software. Uh, instead of focusing in one STEM area, I'm able to constantly learn about new and evolving areas of STEM with every new inventor I meet. And I, I learn for a living. I learn about cutting edge technology before anyone else learns about it. It's a very exciting job. Yeah, that is super exciting. So we know that you started with a major in engineering in college, but you ultimately changed your mind. Can you talk a little bit about your transition from engineering to pharmaceuticals to where you are now? So I started out in engineering. I wanted to be an engineer like my father. I didn't know too much about engineering and I didn't know what classes would be offered in college. I started out in a programming class and I was one of a few girls in a class with hundreds of boys and I wasn't that interested in programming. And so I quickly lost interest. I got an internship at the School of Pharmacy And I went to work in labs part-time while I finished a degree in uh, molecular biology. That's awesome. So you ultimately graduated with a biological science degree and went on to work in molecular and cellular sciences for 10 years. Could you describe what that looked like? Sure. So I started out at Johns Hopkins University uh, in a medical genetics lab. I, I worked there for four years while I got my master's in biotechnology at night. From there, I went to Denver Health Medical Center and I worked on a multiple organ failure grant. So I I gained a lot of lab experience and did a lot of research. And I just knew that I I loved science 
And I loved technology and I just wanted to spend my life doing that in whatever way that was. When I was in my graduate program at Johns Hopkins, I took a couple of courses in the legal field. One was patent law, the other one was health law, and the other one was bioethics. And from there, I decided that I wanted to combine my science career with law. That is really cool. I never thought that you could connect like the science part of things to like the more legal side. I always thought like, oh, okay, like if you're a scientist, you got to stay in like that science field and that you couldn't go like into law or anything. So I think that's really amazing that you were able to do that, do both of them and combine both of your passions. It's really cool to see the overlap too. Reading your bio and everything, we obviously you're very passionate about the sciences and and the STEM fields, but ultimately law was something that you were truly um, wanted to pursue. So I think it's really cool to see how you incorporated both of those. A lot of people think that I switched careers, but I didn't. I there are a lot of legal aspects to both science and technology, so it's it's been really fascinating. It's it's been a a long road, and I've taken a lot of twists and turns. It's not only a fascinating way to spend my life, but it's also, it's rewarding for me to share with other people different roads that you can take and then also um, different opportunities that are, that are out there and different things you can do with your career. Yeah. And like you touched on earlier saying that um, I never really connected it, even when I was reading your bio about how getting to see all the inventors and what their inventions are and these new groundbreaking technologies, how that really did play into the STEM field. And even reading your bio, I didn't really connect that. But I think that that's a really cool place to be in the field. Like, I think that's super cool that you're seeing these upcoming technologies, you're being able to discover them as they're coming out. And that's also changing the fields for the rest of us that are in engineering and in the sciences and in mathematics and everything like that. I think that is a really cool perspective and a kind of place to be in within the field. It is. And, you know, it's, it's interesting for me to see so few, not only scientists and engineers, but ones that become inventors. There's not a large representation of women uh, as inventors. Certainly. Working as a patent and trademark attorney is seemingly a very unique profession. What made you so inclined to focus on law? When I was in graduate school, I took several classes that related to legal aspects of science and technology. One was patent law, one was health law, and the other one was bioethics. Coincidentally, half the people in my graduate program went to law school. The other half went on to med school. So it was a natural path, actually, with, with my master's degree. What made you want to sign up for those classes? I know that your, your biotechnology master's degree wasn't pertaining to that as certainly. So I know that you probably took those classes as an elective. What kind of drew you to take those classes in the first place? I think in general, I love to learn and I love to learn about so many different topics. And so it was just natural for me to branch out and look at other courses that were available at that time. I think that a lot of times, especially in college, I know Vivon and I are both doing the starting our new courses for the next for the next year and I think it's easy to get into your major and kind of be like okay these are the required courses these are the courses that go with my major that's what I'm going to take and I think a lot of students don't branch out and don't say oh this elective course looks cool I like the the introduction to it I like the explanation of what it is I'm going to take it because it's elective and I'm learning and I'm I'm it might not pertain to my degree but that's 
that's the beauty of it. You're, you're learning something completely new. And like in your case, that might be something that totally um, t- changes that career path and, and guides you in a different direction. And you wouldn't have even noticed that if you didn't take that class in the first place. And I think that it's really ingrained on us to take the classes that you are getting your major in and that follow that specific guideline of what it should look like. And I think that when you branch out a little bit, it can, can be extraordinary. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with you. For sure. Um, and I think it's cool, too, that you mentioned, you know, you're constantly learning. Because um, I know personally for me, something that I struggle with is that I like to learn new things, but then I get bored very easily. And so I have to constantly be in a state of like learning new things or else I kind of lose that passion. So I think it's so cool in your job that you're you're constantly experiencing that that new learning and new experiences. Absolutely. I have no day that is the same. I'm, I'm exposed to so many different things every day, different technologies, different kinds of people. I definitely think that this is a career that suits my personality. Um, for anyone who, who likes to continue learning, this is definitely a career that I highly recommend. So you worked in pharmacy, zoology, genetics, and surgery labs throughout your college experience. What was that like? And did those impact your career choices as well? Um, They did. Um, I I ended up staying with genetics for about four years and then also in surgery for four years. A lot of what road you go down depends on what you're exposed to and the people that you're exposed to. And that changed a lot of my life at, at different times in my life. And sometimes it was happenstance and sometimes it was because I took a certain direction on my own. But a lot of the times that explains why maybe I was in surgery or maybe I was in genetics or maybe that's why I was in law. But really it was meeting different people and learning about them and learning about what was out there that I could do and wanting to go down a certain path because it seemed like something that I would enjoy. And I think that that's one thing about STEM blazers that I think is so important is because it provides opportunities and exposure to these STEM careers at at a crucial time in girls' lives. And I know just from my personal experience, middle school, high school, and going into college, it's just an impressionable time. It's a time when, you know, someone can say say a certain thing and, and so easily influence you. And it's very important to have these opportunities and to know at an early age that you have access to these things. It's just a a wonderful organization that can influence so many girls early on. I agree. Yeah. I mean, going to the mocktail events is what actually inspired me to become an engineer was because I saw all these amazing women and hearing their career choices and like what they did in their careers was so cool to me. Like I didn't even know STEM was so huge. I thought it was just engineering, math, and like you were a scientist and that was about it. But It's so huge. A lot of it can be very contagious. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. The the fuel of having a mentor and hearing successful women talk about being successful. And I don't think I've come across an engineer through our STEM Blazers experience that hasn't been so passionate to like share all of that experience with us that like they think that fuels it even more. You're like, oh my gosh, this person loves talking about their job. They genuinely love their job. And that makes you go, okay, I genuinely love engineering too. 
I want to be like that. I want to genuinely love my job. And I think that's just like you said, we're so impressionable, but I think it's a good impression. You're, it, STEM Blazers is giving us this platform to meet these really successful women that are really, really passionate about what they're doing. And we get to see, okay, this is what it should look like. We should feel this passion for what we're doing. And I think that is obviously what we've been talking about this whole time. But I think that's truly what STEM Blazers is special about is we get to network with all of these yeah. passionate women. Um, Rachel, so we know that you are also a paramedic. Can you tell us where that fit in your career journey as well? <laughs> yes, um, I have a very busy resume, <laughs> but... At one point, a long time ago, um, I was also an EMT. When I had finished graduate school, I had decided I was either going to go to law school or go on to medical school. And so I decided that I was going to go to law school, but that I still wanted to satiate that whole medicine side. And I decided I want to go and get my EMT certificate um, and volunteer. So that's what I did for my volunteer work. Very cool. That's actually something that I was considering as well. I wasn't sure if I wanted to go into like the medical side of chemical engineering or not. So it's cool to hear that that was a process you've gone through as well. Thank you so much, Rachel, for answering those first few questions. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Hi, it's Wendy Merchant, founder of STEM Blazers. With the school year now well underway, we are looking forward to our upcoming event, the Mocktail Social. This year marks our sixth annual Mocktail, and it's designed to bring high school and college students together with professional women working in STEM fields for an evening of inspiration and networking, and it is always fun. This event will take place on October 29th in the Metro Denver area, and it's open to all students in Colorado. Please make sure to follow us on social media for more details and to register. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Our handle is STEMblazers. We can't wait to see you this year. Now let's get you back to the conversation. All right, Rachel, as we segue into this second set of questions, our question is, you have had so much experience in different forms of STEM careers. How has that changed your perspective as you become a mentor for young girls? I've had really good mentors, both men and women, throughout my career. And I think it's, it's really important that I serve that role and help people, girls uh, and boys, but girls especially in the STEM field. That's one of the things that I think is so important about STEM Blazers is providing not only mentorship, but also confidence to girls who really need it at a formative time in their life. Definitely. I know Vivonne and I both can speak on it. Obviously, we were STEM Blazers um, participants. And um, I know that having a mentor and having someone share their perspective is so important, whether that's minuscule of the the slightest change in their career or their their slightest doubt in themselves but how they overcame that or what they do to be confident in their field and find their voice whatever that that it may be so tiny but whatever that may be can tr truly impact so much and so I think that it's really amazing to encourage these seasoned STEM professionals 
to to mentor the young girls because that truly is what changes a career. What what I can dedicate my career to be was the mentor I had in high school, Wendy. I can credit her for my internship and my passion for mechanical engineering and, and the the teacher I had in high school. Like the, all of these people are so impressionable and that's I, I think it should be told more that you should be super open with talking about your profession and giving that advice because it truly is needed and it truly impacts so much. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, it's the future generation that's going to be, you know, paving the path as well. So being able to lead them or, you know, being able to show them different directions that they can go in is definitely something that would contribute to our future as well. Absolutely. I mean, women are underrepresented. They're less than 20% of the STEM workforce, and we need to increase that number. So I want to be a part of the driving force that increases that number. Yeah, for sure. What kind of things were you looking for in a mentor as a woman in STEM when you were coming up into your career? Uh, Was there anything that you couldn't find in a mentor that you wish you could have had? When I was a biologist, I didn't interact with a lot of women. So I was really missing that. It wasn't until probably I got into my legal career that I was able to try to seek out and also learn to recognize that I need to seek out those mentors, that that's something that some advice that I would give someone is starting out, you don't know that you necessarily need to look for that mentor, but you do need that. And I didn't have that many opportunities early in my career as much as I had um, later on in my career. And a lot of it was because I learned the importance of mentorship and that it's not going to be handed to me. Sometimes I need to, to go look for it. Yeah, for sure. Rachel, we know that you work a very demanding job and you have two children at home. How do you balance work and home life? Is it difficult to establish that line? And do you think establishing that line is different for men and women? It is very difficult to balance. I, I, I tend to think because I went to school, worked full time during my graduate degree and law school and went to school at night. You know, I'm a hard worker and I'm used to working long hours. So I think somehow that prepped me for a demanding job and, and two kids at home, two busy athletes at home. How did you establish that line of of difference of making sure that you kept work life at work and you made time for your home life and for your kids? How did you kind of approach that? Well, I often don't. Sometimes they get uh, meshed a little bit, but I think that's, that's, that's probably true for most female attorneys. You're assuming I have balance in my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay if you don't. Every I think it's really easy to say, oh, yeah, I just keep my work life from eight to five and I come home and I can do all these things with my family. And, and that's not the reality, if we're being honest. I mean, most professional women, whatever their job may be, can speak to that. So I think it's it pertains to anybody um, that we, we talk about defining that line. But is that really reality? And it always isn't. Yeah, I mean, I definitely struggle with work-life balance, and I still haven't established my career. So exactly. Yeah. So, Rachel, do you think that establishing that line is different for men and women, and do you think it is more difficult for working women? Some of the best advice that I got from a female attorney, probably over ten years ago, was that you can have anything you want, but you can't have everything you want. And to me, that means that I can have it all just not at the same time. And so 
when I try to balance work and kids, I have to just remind myself that certain things take priority at certain times. And there's definitely an art to finding balance between work and home life, especially when you have a demanding job. I don't think there are any easy answers, but I think it's good to communicate with other women like women who are doing the same things as you and and share stories and learn how to find balance so that you can find happiness and calm in your world. And to rely on to rely on women around you to to know that you're not you're not setting this expectation so high for yourself and you're not the only one dealing with that. The the women around you can probably um, agree with most of the things that you're feeling and, and that you're not the only one going through that. With all of your career experience, what would you tell a young adult looking to go to college but isn't quite sure what they want to do? Where do they start? What would your advice be for them? I think it's okay to go to college and not know what you want to do. I think once you get there, you're going to have so many different experiences and be exposed to so much to different coursework and to different people. And if you involve yourself in a lot of activities and organizations, you'll increase that chance of exposure that will lead you down the right road. I know that we were talking even on our break, just all of us recording, but I we mentioned that like hearing your story for any of our listeners, whether that's young girls, adult professional women, like hearing you talk about all these different changes and different obstacles that you went through and um, all the things that you explored, like that might be what a professional woman needs to hear to go, oh, maybe I want to be a paramedic. I've always thought about how cool that was, but maybe I want to pursue that. And all of a sudden they're getting their certificate in EMT and volunteering and on their free time. And that might be the change that some women need to be like, oh, I want to do something that makes me happy. And so I think that you are sharing that advice of be free flowing, be able to maneuver in what makes you happy and follow your passions, because it doesn't have to be a one size fits all kind of experience. And I definitely love how you're saying, you know, try to get as much experience as you can and try to explore um, because that's that's truly how you learn about new fields is is putting yourself out there. Um, so I think that's lovely advice. Uh, so Rachel, as you've worked on the board of directors for Stumblazers, what is something that you found has been most impactful on young girls in our chapters? One of my favorite things about Stumblazers and that I've seen not only at board meetings but, but and also at events is watching the girls come back, watching the girls come back to participate in events, to share their stories, to give updates, uh, to really care about the organization, to come back to Wendy, to share what they're doing, to thank her for all the hard work she's done and how much she's influenced their life. It's evidence of how important this organization is and what a difference it's making in girls' lives. Yeah. And to kind of wrap this up for you, Rachel, why are you passionate about STEM Blazers? If you were trying to persuade a, a girl to come join our chapter, like what would you say what you would, what would be your pitch to, to her if, if you were trying to get her to come to our chapter? My pitch would be if only this organization existed when I was in middle school or high school. Definitely. It probably would have saved me some twists and turns. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Rachel. So now it's time for the rapid fire question round. I'm going to ask you a series of questions and you'll answer them as fast as you can. Are you ready? No. It's super super lighthearted. Don't think too hard about it. Yeah. (laughs) 
So first question, what's your favorite way to de-stress? Exercise. I've been working out with a personal trainer and taking that time and going to meet with her is a time where I can just focus on me and put aside all the stresses of work and home life. I love that. What is the best class you've ever taken? Oh, that's hard with so many different (laughs) things that I've done. um, There are so many good courses I've had, but getting my EMT certificate, that was probably the best curriculum (laughs) that I've had. If only um, I could have seen that as a a long-term career, I I would have probably done that. Uh, Can you describe yourself in a hashtag? Hashtag busy? I like it. I like it. Do you have a favorite comfort food or a comfort activity that you do? My comfort activity is going to the mountains. Ooh, I like that. I like it. What's something that makes you laugh? My children. They're hilarious people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, What's your favorite motto? Work hard, play hard. Yes, I like that. Who is your female STEM icon? I've had a mentor for nearly 20 years, and she was chief patent counsel at Roche Pharmaceuticals. Her name is Julie Bernard, and she has mentored me through my entire legal career. Everyone everyone needs a mentor. Doesn't matter how old you are, doesn't matter what place in your career, everyone needs a mentor. Um, What is a book that you think everyone should read? Oh, The Places You'll Go. Uh, Yes, Dr. (laughs) Seuss. And if you can, what is your favorite song for our mentor playlist? This Girl is on Fire. Awesome. Yeah, that one's a lovely song. Lastly, this is a question we ask all of our guests. Um, Standing where you are right now, what advice would you give to your high school self? I wish I could tell my younger self that you are smart enough, that you are capable and deserving and that failure and rejection are steps in any road of success. I love that. I think everyone needs to be reminded that that you are worthy of where you are. Our trivia question for this episode is, who is a British chemist that was instrumental in discovering the structure of DNA? If you want the answer, check out our Instagram or Facebook page. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Rachel, for joining us on this episode. It's been an absolute pleasure and privilege to speak with you today. On behalf of STEM Blazers, we want to thank you so much for sharing your story and your passions. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you to the listeners for joining us for another STEM Blazers episode. If you want more information or to stay up to date with what we're working on, check out our website at stemblazers.org or our Facebook and Instagram pages at STEM Blazers. We'll catch you on the next episode. <laughs>